Welcome, friend. I hope you're well. You're listening to the Mr. X Dreams podcast, where I regale you with stories of all things paranormal. Now, whether these stories come from my listeners, my own personal and family experience, or fictional stories from my own imagination, all stories you'll hear here are written and performed by yours truly. Make sure you follow this podcast for countless journeys to come. If you're listening on a rating-supported platform, like Apple iTunes, a five-star review would be very much appreciated. If you have a scary story of your own, reach out at mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. That's mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. And share your story with me. You might even hear it on a future episode. Now, sit back, relax, and spend a moment or two here in my world. I'm Mr. X, and welcome to my dreams. This episode is a part of a series of my older recordings I did for the Mr. X Dreams YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast version, please excuse references to YouTube and subscribers and things like that. Consider it a relic of the past. If you're the type to prefer visuals along with your stories, I usually put artwork and motion graphics to go along with the experience. You can find those videos over at youtube.com by searching Mr. X Dreams. We'll talk again soon. Hello, Mr. X. My name is Charles, and I've got a story to share with you and your dreamers. I'll get right into it. One night around 9 p.m., I was working on some improvements to my house so I went outside to grab something from my truck which was parked by the road. I'm sure you know that when you live in a rural area, you don't usually get creeped out by dark woods. I live out in the boonies where we own most of the land around the house, so naturally I was totally comfortable leaving the safety of my home and walking out into the near pitch black darkness. As I closed the door to my truck, I noticed something strange in the woods across the road. It wasn't right up at the edge, but sort of deep into the trees, at least a few meters. The whole area is part of my property, so I could tell it was near the pond. There was a square-shaped light, sort of like someone set up an old tube television in the middle of the woods. I know it sounds bizarre, but the light seemed very focused. It didn't appear to bleed out or illuminate anything else. It was just a square of white light. I stood there, trying my best to make sense of what I was looking at. I really can't put into words how odd and out of place it was. I couldn't figure it out so I went to get my girlfriend to take a look at it, but by the time I got back with her in hand, the light had vanished. That's when I finally started getting a little creeped out. We went back inside to continue the project we were working on. About ten minutes later I went back out to the truck to grab something else from my toolbox when I heard this deep, guttural growling noise that made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. The sound was only about 50 feet away from my truck, not far from where I saw the light. I turned back to head towards the house, and I heard the noise again. That's when I bolted straight for my garage door. The growling intensified as I ran as fast as I could to get to the side door of my house. I didn't even have time to lock up my truck or my toolbox. I was absolutely terrified. The next day I spoke to a neighbor who lives up the road from me. She said she heard something on her porch that night and looked out the window. Apparently a huge black furry creature was digging through her trash. 
She said she got scared and closed her blinds until she heard it wander off. If anyone was wondering, there are definitely no bears around the area I live. I spoke to some friends later on who claimed that they were out late one night and saw a large black wolf cross the road in front of their car. Apparently they almost hit it. And I really don't want to believe this, but they said it appeared to be walking on its hind legs. I've done some research and have heard about stories where dogmen or werewolves have been seen after sightings of strange lights. Do you think that maybe the light I saw was some sort of gateway or portal? If so, a portal to where? Some other dimension? A gateway to hell itself? Who knows? Please let me know what you think, Mr. X. Thanks for listening. Sincerely, Charles. Dear Mr. X, My name is Eli. I'm a 45-year-old father, but this happened a long time ago, during the summer right after my last year of high school had ended. There were a lot of rainy nights that year, and I mean really heavy rain. But my family had big plans of spending the summer out on our farm in rural Snohomish, Washington. My best friend Garth was going to be there with us as well. We had five acres on a big hill, mostly used as pastures for our horses, sheep, and cows. When the rains came in, though, the hillside turned to muck, and the gravel road leading up to the house basically became a trap for any car that pulled onto it. Garth asked me to ride with him just in case he ended up getting stuck on the road. He said he didn't want to be a random black guy sleeping in his car in the middle of nowhere if he couldn't get out of a ditch. When my mom arrived on the property the day before, she got her truck stuck in the gravel muck pit pretty deep and had to walk the rest of the way. The road eventually got too bad to continue on, and we had to pull into a vacant parking lot down the hill. It was around 11 p.m. by the time the rain stopped pouring down. We'd been passing the time by eating snacks and talking about video games and generally being kids. Sleep was already creeping up on us, and being wrapped up in our own fleece blankets made things even worse. Knowing the road was likely still a huge, dangerous mess, we decided to give in to the sleep and get home in the morning. I woke up suddenly to a noise coming from outside the car. I felt a hint of fear setting in, but I quickly made the decision to nestle myself back into the blanket and go back to sleep. Maybe an hour or two later, Still with no light other than the faint glow of the moon, I was once again jarred awake. But this time, by a cacophony that seized the most primal sections of my brain, I glanced over to Garth, and his skin was as pale as his dark complexion would possibly allow. The noises were still ringing in my ears when I asked him, Did you hear that? My voice was louder than I meant it to be. I saw him nod before we both began scrambling to get out of our blankets and check all the door locks. The noise seemed to get closer every split second. As if whatever was outside was violently lurching towards us from downhill. The sound. It was awful. The voice, if I could call it that, appeared to modulate between highs and lows. It cackled and yelped in a way that I struggled to comprehend, making it impossible to compare to anything I know. Coyotes, dogs, raccoons, possums, and all manner of livestock. I'm familiar with them all, and this was none of them. 
Garth fumbled with his keys to turn on the car, while my eyes were locked on the dark tree line. Like something out of a horror movie, the car whined with every turn of the key, not wanting to start. The sound of the engine rumbling was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever heard when it finally decided to start. The road leading up to my house was still too bad to cross, so we ended up continuing into town where there were lights. We parked in front of my grandparents' bed and breakfast and stayed there shaken until morning. The rest of that summer was so bizarre. My friends and I continued to hear similar noises on multiple occasions, but no one ever claimed to see anything out of the ordinary. A group of us were playing paintball out in a field when we were chased off by those noises, which we began calling the Howley Things. One night there was a motorcycle crash in town, and the howling was heard afterward. I even heard it again over a walkie-talkie which I used to communicate with some of my friends. They called me up to prove that they were hearing it too. The sound made my stomach turn. We did walk the area during the day and found a camp near the first spot where Garth and I heard the noises. It appeared to be a transient or a homeless camp. There were similar camps in the woods scattered throughout the area, but... We'd never seen any such people out and about. Even stranger was the fact that the camps were always empty. That was the first and last summer where this happened. Even though almost 30 years have passed, I still get chills thinking about it. Please let me know what you think this might have been, Mr. X. Thanks. Eli. Greetings, my friends. As you might have noticed, uh, hopefully not, but maybe you did, this is another video I had to record from a hotel room. As you probably know if you follow my Twitter at MrXDreams, I'm on the road again for work. If you like cryptids, rejoice because, uh, depending on when this video was released, you might have gotten two cryptid uploads in a row. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had some good dogman stories to share with you. I say that because both of these stories appear to carry some heavy elements of canine presence, with Charles's wolf-like creature sighting and Eli's howly things, as they called it. Once again, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for taking the time to hang out and listen to these stories with me, especially those of you who comment and spread love here on the channel. You have no idea how much it means to me when I see your love and support not just for me, but for one another. The Dreamers are a very special collection of people, and I have gathered you all here because we all have a job to do. That job is to spread love and positivity into the world whenever possible. We may not always succeed, but it is the effort we're aiming for. So, about Charles's story, I thought it was very interesting that he saw a strange light in the woods before the large wolf creature began showing up around town. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I remember hearing another story where strange lights were seen before bizarre dogman or sasquatch-type creatures began turning up in a wooded area. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I remember hearing a story where strange lights were seen before bizarre creatures began turning up in a wooded area. I think perhaps um, if it was one of my stories, it might have been that laughing monster that was seen in the woods on a previous Unknown Cryptids video I did, but I'm sure I've heard of it before that as well. The idea of a portal or gateway opening up and releasing otherworldly creatures is simultaneously fascinating and terrifying to me. As for Eli's story, those neighborhood kids might have been in the presence of one or more dogmen, but 
I'm going to say something that I'm sure some of you have already been thinking. Another possibility. What if the creatures responsible for the howling were not dogmen, but rather werewolves? The suspicious element is when he mentioned the seemingly abandoned camps that appeared to be used by transients or homeless people and were spread throughout the woods in the town, but no actual transients were ever seen. Also interesting is the fact that the moon happened to be out on the first night where he heard that cacophony of noise. And another thing is that after that one summer, the phenomenon completely vanished. It ceased. I wonder if those transient camps disappeared as well, or even simply fell into complete abandonment and disrepair. Imagine for a moment that a tribe of wandering werewolves moved that way, from state to state, town to town, surviving by setting up camps and hunting at night, driving away any curious kids that came too close to their territory. Very interesting. If you have any theories about these two stories, leave them in the comments down below. As you know, I find these types of cryptids among the most fascinating. Let me know what you think. Anyway, I hope this message finds you well, my friends. Remember to do something to better yourself each and every day, be it in a big way or small. You can do it. I believe in you. Until next time, my friends. I'm Mr. X, and may your nights be full of dreams. Oh, and by the way, those camps must have been pretty musty with all those transient werewolves. Today's code word is musty. Use it in a comment down below so I can see you. Love you guys. Later. Hello, Mr. X. My name is Ravi. The story I have for you took place in the Philippines a few years ago in the village of Tanjay. I used to be a huge fan of werewolf movies and TV shows, but I have to say, once you've encountered the real thing, it changes your view of what you consider cool. I had spent the afternoon at my girlfriend's house but wasn't able to get a ride home, so I ended up having to make my way back on foot, with nothing to protect myself but a small flashlight. It was getting late, so there were a few passers-by on the road every so often but after a while I was pretty much all alone. I was just passing by an electric utility building called a Vico station when I felt eyes on me. I was still within the glow of the light from the station, but the further I got from it, the more danger I could sense in the air. Out of nowhere, a grizzled voice rang out. You must be a brave man, walking the night alone. A man's silhouette came into view about 20 meters ahead of me, and I could immediately feel the deadly intent in his eyes. He marched towards me with a frightening intensity, his arms flailing back and forth while his piercing gaze remained locked on me. I shined my light towards his face, but it was the strangest thing. All I could see was a blur. Looking at his face was like trying to make out the image of a foggy mirror or... A mirage. As he got closer to me, I realized he smelled like he'd just come from a slaughterhouse. Iron, musk, and blood assaulted my nostrils. I also noticed he had no shoes on. When I realized he was trying to block my path, I decided to turn and make a break for the Vico station's gate. I knew there would be an armed security guard there. 
They need them at the stations to keep people from breaking in or interfering with the power grid. It was my only option to get away from this crazy person. The guard at the door perked up and came outside when he saw me running, and the crazy guy stopped the chase, standing a few meters away as I got to the building. He still stared at me from outside the perimeter gate with a fury I could not begin to understand, his face seeming to get even more blurry and hard to make out as time went on. Relieved, I began telling the guard what had just happened, when my train of thought was interrupted by a sudden gunshot. I dropped to the ground in a panic, looking behind me to see what the guard was firing at, a shadowy figure that was running full steam towards us. It was low to the ground like a dog running on four legs. His shots appeared to be hitting the thing, but there was no visible effect. It only stopped moving when other workers started coming out of the building to see what was going on. It was somehow able to slip back into the darkness. After about an hour or so with no signs of the man or that weird bulletproof creature, I eventually had to continue my journey home. I passed by the area where the dog thing was, and I saw not a single trace of blood, despite the fact that I was sure it was hit at least once. Further on down the road, I felt that evil intent on my back once again. I reluctantly turned around and saw something that I knew I'd never forget. A thin, dog-like creature with glowing red eyes. Its mangy coat almost looked like that of a hyena with a ridge of dark fur along its back. It was leaning forward on its front legs as if ready to attack. Looking into its fiery eyes, I felt like my world was spinning. It felt extremely wrong, like a profound confusion. This thing shouldn't exist. I ran for my life, shouting as loud as I could to try to get the attention of any people in the area. I fumbled with my phone trying to call the police as I ran. I couldn't bring myself to look back again, but the growling let me know that it was still right behind me. I kept on with my eyes dead ahead, until finally I reached my family home and almost busted through the front door. I tried telling my aunt what happened, and she just laughed at me. The next day there was a lot of bad news on TV. Two people were found dead in my village. One was a motorcyclist discovered on the side of the road, and the other was a pregnant woman in a public hospital. The woman's case was extremely bizarre. She died trying to escape from a window. She appeared to have been mauled to death by an animal, but authorities couldn't understand how that could happen in the middle of a hospital, especially given the fact that there were iron bars on the window, making it impossible to get in from the outside. How could an animal have made it all the way to her room undetected, not to mention making it all the way back out of the hospital again? The police also issued a reminder to beware of a man who was wanted for multiple murders. He had been captured, but he escaped a few days before my encounter. They described the man as having a very thin build, and explained that he mysteriously disappeared from the jailhouse, leaving only his clothing behind. Greetings, friends. If there's one thing you should know about me, it's the fact that I love a good werewolf story. Even though this one was a bit on the shorter side, I found it to be both fascinating and unique. Ravi's story, in my opinion, has an authenticity to it that I don't often come across. You might realize that despite how much I love retelling stories about these kinds of cryptids, I don't do many of them. And that's because I always look for certain traits 
that lift stories like this a little bit higher on my scales. I do find that a lot of these sightings occur in rural areas. You may remember the Aswang sightings I told you about a while back. I have some intriguing stories coming in from Africa and one from India pretty soon. Kind of makes me feel bad for people who live in such remote areas. They seem much more prone to bizarre encounters. I always love hearing from people around the world because we can see the commonalities and the differences among our experiences. It's always very interesting. Now, I'm not one to claim to know whether someone is right or wrong or being honest or not, whether they're misremembering or just plain embellishing something that happened. No matter what though, it's always interesting to put yourself in the shoes of the individuals involved, the person who's sharing their story, even if only for a moment. Sometimes you have to let it all go. Fear, doubt, disbelief. Free your mind. If Ravi truly did see what he says he saw, I would certainly have a hard time explaining it from the perspective of common knowledge. One of the most bizarre aspects of this story, I found, was the fact that when Ravi shined a light on the man's face, he couldn't make out its features. They were blurred somehow. He mentioned it as being like a mirage. That's something I've never heard associated with werewolves, per se. But just imagining the physical sensation of looking at something that should be, by all intents and purposes, very clear, such as a human face that's right in front of you, but that being inexplicably blurry, that in itself must have been extremely unsettling for, for Ravi. I can only imagine, let alone the glowing red eyes of a mangy wolf chasing you down through your village, or for that matter, a skinny guy with murderous intent in his eyes chasing you down the street. It's kind of a raw deal all the way around any way you slice it. Whatever it was that really happened, I'm glad Ravi made it out of there okay and was able to share this interesting story with us. Let me know what you think about it in the comments down below. And if you have or know someone who has had any kind of cryptid or otherwise spooky encounters, send me an email at the link in the description box. Don't forget, if you really like this topic, I do have a design in my Teespring store that may interest you as well. It says, keep calm, it's just a werewolf, and it's got some claw marks going behind the letters. Looks pretty good on a hoodie or a tee or even a mug. And let me know if you go check it out and pick one up. And if you do pick one up, make sure you send me a picture on Twitter or Instagram or even in my email inbox. I always like to do little slideshows of people wearing or using my merchandise. It's a really awesome thing to see that out in the world. Dreamers representing us. Great stuff. Anyway, my friends, I hope this message finds you well. Keep your head up. And whatever you are, whatever you do, give it your all and expect nothing in return. That way, whatever you do get is a pleasant surprise. Take care, my dear dreamers. I'm Mr. X, and may your nights be full of dreams. Oh, and by the way, I could almost smell the blood on that werewolf from here. Today's code word is blood. Use it in a comment down below so I can see you. Love you guys.
Hello again, my dreamers. Mr. X Dreams here. I wanted to thank you for listening to the Mr. X Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said before, make sure you follow this podcast for countless journeys to come. Don't forget, if you can, please leave a five-star rating and review. It'd be very much appreciated, and it certainly helps out. If you feel I deserve it, that is. Also, if you have a scary story of your own to share, reach out to me at mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. That's mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. You might even hear it on a future episode of the show. Once again, thanks for listening, my friend. I hope you're well. Enjoy your day, night, weekend, or whatever's coming next. I wish you the best in all your endeavors. Until next time, I'm Mr. X, and may your nights be full of dreams.